This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Back at the 14. Goes to Brown. Brown trying to wiggle free. Still fighting for it. Brown takes it all the way. Unbelievable effort. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Audio Network. Here on the BetQL Audio Network, weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern live on the Odyssey app, Odyssey Sports YouTube page. We're on Twitter at BetQL Daily. We bring in Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Eric, official title, the VP of Research and Development for Pro Football Focus, and he co-hosts the PFF Forecast podcast. Uh, so Eric, obviously uh, we need to start here with the Julio Jones deal that goes down on Sunday. Uh, Peter King reporting this morning that the only team that was serious about Julio Jones, yep, Tennessee Titans. And Baltimore was interested before the draft. They had Sammy Watkins and Frenzy, drafter Rashad Bateman. They also draft Wallace in rounds one and four. And then all of a sudden they're not interested in Julio Jones. So if the Titans were the only team that was serious about an elite player, but he is 32 years old, injury history there, owed $38 million, should more teams have been serious about Julio for a two and a four? Uh, It's tough because I think that the state of the league is such that like all these teams had to do a lot of maneuvering to get underneath the cap or comfortable with the cap and – you know, we know that the value of, you know, draft picks is such that, you know, teams are not trying to get rid of them as much anymore. And when they do for guys like Julio, they end up paying 20% more. Every player that's been traded for a first-round pick, let's say, has, been got, has gotten 20% more than the market value after the trade because, you give, you know, trading a, a, a good pick for a player usually gives rise to a contract extension. And you look at some of the higher paid players in the NFL, they're almost a lot of them were players that you also had to use draft capital to acquire in a trade. So I think some teams are wary of that this late in the game with, you know, the Falcons, the reason they traded them is because they couldn't sign their draft picks. Um, a lot of these teams like Kansas city, there were rumors that that were ended up being false that Kansas city was interested, but Kansas city has already had to convert a ton of salary uh, to signing bonuses and things like that. Like they're paid well above the cap in terms of cash. And, and in a year where revenues were down because of, you know, ticket sale losses to COVID and things like that, like I think the owners are sort of weary of having to sort of dole out uh, all that money, uh, especially this late in the game. 
Uh, people jumping on Tannehill MVP odds. They go from 40 to 20 in some spots. A lot of excitement. Julio, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. Uh, thinking about that Titans offense, they're going to have to put up a lot of points if they want to win that division. But uh, a change at offensive play caller. Tell me about your belief in Todd Downing. Uh, it's not really existent. I mean, we've seen this happen before. <laughs> like, uh, Steve Sarkeesian took over for Kyle Shanahan, said that, you know, nothing's going to change, et cetera, et cetera. And we, you know, ultimately what, what happens is that when, an, uh, you know, an elite scheme ends up hitting the NFL running, the defenses, A, adjust for it, and then that, get, that guy ends up getting a head coaching job. That guy that comes in after is almost always, sort of behind the eight ball, A, because, the, you know, defenses have adjusted quite a bit, and B, because that, it's the play calling is not in that person's intuition. You're, you're sort of speaking offense in somebody else's language. And then when Downing had a chance to be the offensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders in 2017, he was our worst-rated play call. He took a team that was 12-4, and four, um, you know, and, and got them out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, Derek Carr went from a, an MVP candidate to – somebody who, you know, I think we regard now as like maybe a middle-of-the-road quarterback. So, uh, I, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, weary of that. I think the Julio Jones acquisition keeps them in a situation where, you know, they, they, they go from having a bad offseason to, I think, merely an offseason that sort of keeps them put. Eric, is this kind of similar to like Randy Moss to the Patriots the year they go 16-0? and What are realistic expectations for Julio Jones in this offense, especially with A.J. Brown, who was pretty much the same build but actually shows up and catches touchdowns in the red zone? What do you think realistic numbers for Julio in this offense are? We have been projected for about 1,000 yards, um, and, and it sounds weird, but this is sort of his average, like five touchdowns. We have Brown actually with about 1,300 yards. Um, we have him being the guy who really emerges. This is a – this is probably going to be the first time that a Titans pair of wide receivers has both generated over 100 targets since Nate Washington and Kendall Wright in 2013. So this has just not been a team that has given 100 targets to anybody short of Delaney Walker, but also, you know, the wide receiver position until A.J. Brown came. So I would, you know, I think Julio's going to do a lot for Derrick Henry. I think that you're going to see more too high looks. I think he's going to have a pretty good season again uh, if the wheels don't fall off. But as far as this passing offense is, I don't think it's going to be like a Chris Carter, Randy Moss, or, or like a Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne sort of number situation. I think it's going to be A.J. Brown emerging as one of the league's best if he already wasn't there, and Julio Jones complimenting him in the hopes that he stays healthy. Julio hasn't played over 900 snaps in a few years now because even though he's been healthy for all 16 games much of the time, he sits out a lot of plays. And I think Tennessee would be smart to continue that trend to sort of keep the tread on the tires. Uh, not necessarily as high. If you had to play a wager today on a future in the AFC South, would you go with the Colts or the Titans? I'm guessing it probably wouldn't be the Jags or the Texans. Uh, whose division is this now after these moves? I'm the proud owner of a Jags 12 to 1 to win the AFC South, but <laughs> that, that is, that's now, I think, 7.5 to 1, or, or maybe that's gone up you know, with the Titans improving here. Um, if I had to pick between those two teams, I, it, it sounds bad, but I'd take the Colts. Um, yeah. The, the we're, we're going to um, – I don't think either is a value, by the way, but if I had to pick one, I'd take the Colts. Uh, I think Carson Wentz has had a far better career than last season suggested. I think Frank Reich is a terrific coach. And you look at Indianapolis, they're not – they don't have a lot of stars on the defensive side of the ball, but they were second in the NFL in avoiding missed tackles. They're, the, the Colts, to me, are just a really solid organization, whereas the Titans are a team that punts on fourth and two from the Baltimore 40 in the playoffs. 
down by but down by four. So yeah. like I I'm I'm pretty much like I'm a little bit like down on the whole division. That's why I like the Jags. But uh, but if I had to pick between these two, I'm going to go Indianapolis. Joe Strasky, Ryan Horvath on BQL Daily. Our guest Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Eric on Twitter. So Horvat just asked you about the AFC South. Well, what about the NFC South? We know the Bucks and they're minus 200 favorites to win the division. I, I think most of us are like, yeah, it's Tampa's division, even if they take a half step back or whatever in, in the upcoming season. Uh, but my question is, if it is Tampa, how does it line up after Tampa? That's after Atlanta moves on from Julio Jones. What do you think? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I mean, this number for Atlanta, they were 7 minus 140, I think, when the market's open. They're now 7.5 minus 130, I believe, a pinnacle. Um, I have to look at some other books. But, like, I, I still like Atlanta as a concept offensively. I, Arthur Smith is one of the best play callers in the NFL. He takes that team over. Matt Ryan, when he won the MVP, led the NFL in, in yards for attempt on play action. Ryan Tannehill's led the NFL in yards for attempt on play action, I believe, the last two seasons combined, at least in 2019, it was like 13 yards per pass attempt when using play action. I think they'll do that really well. They got the two tight ends in Hurst and Pitts, and obviously Ridley uh, is our projected receiver to lead the NFL in, in receiving yards. So I think offensively they're fine. Defensively you're going to have to hope for regression from them. But they, when, when you the, the case to be made for the Falcons to be the second-best team in that division is really simple. It's that the Saints don't have a lot uh, of anti-fragility. Now that they have Hill and, and Winston at quarterback uh, and a defense that's eroded a little bit because of the salary cap and the Panthers, I think the Panthers are a few years away from having the thing figured out. So when you look at that division, I think Atlanta can go offensively toe-to-toe with Tampa. I don't think either New Orleans or Carolina can. Um, and, and defensively, you just have to hope every single year there are a couple defenses, much like the Titans last season, that are bad, but not so bad it overcomes a bad offense. And I think if you're making a case for Atlanta in the NFC South, which I think is a pretty good bet as a, as a long shot play, that's really what you have to look for. Eric, new regime in Atlanta. They're going to get a little bit of time to get this figured out uh, for the long haul. Uh, you don't know that you're going to be back in a position to uh, draft in the top four. Should the Falcons have taken Justin Fields at four? Okay. My answer to this question is, is, twofold if it once you once it became clear that so it's tough for me because I think field was worth the picket for I don't think Lance was and Atlanta had already restructured the Matt Ryan deal by the time it became clear that fields would be available at four so that's the tough thing like when you restructure the Ryan deal the 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 edge there with taking a quarterback is gone because you have to pay a veteran and the real edge in having a rookie quarterback is how little he's paid and how much you can, you know, chiefs can sign Sammy Watkins for 16 million to be the number three when Mahomes is on a rookie deal type of stuff with Ryan there, at least for the next two years, as well as fields, 
all a lot of the benefits bestowed upon a team that drafts a quarterback high are gone, um, you know, because he's sitting on the bench for two years or he's playing and the guy sitting on the bench is making a lot of money. So in that realm, I don't hate the pit pick because, you know, I think that's the most value that they can get this year and next with that pick. But, you know, if they would have had maybe a little bit more foresight on how the rest of the league viewed field and, and, and not you know, thought so much that he would have been the third pick, then maybe they don't restructure the Ryan deal. Maybe they let go of Deion Jones instead, and then they take field, and, and things are different for them. So it, it's kind of like they were screwed no matter what, given the situation that they had, and they made the best decision, I think, that they believed they could make, choosing Ryan over Trey Lance at the time. Uh, and then it ended up being such that their that their choices were a little bit different. And, and yeah, I think Fields is you know the second or third best quarterback prospect in this class, so it doesn't look the greatest right now. Eric on a points bet right now. Season win totals for the Packers no longer available. Do you think Aaron Rodgers shows up to Green Bay to camp? And uh, if not, who do you like in the NFC North this year? I. I think I think Rodgers plays for Green Bay or he doesn't play. Like I think there's a really significant chance he retires. Um, and you know if he plays for Green Bay, they're clearly the favorite. If he doesn't, I think Minnesota will end up being favored. But I think Chicago will be the team you want to bet. Um, Chicago plays Minnesota twice in the last four or five games. By then, Justin Fields, if he's any good, should be good. You know by then, and so I think the schedule sort of lays out favorably for them. Minnesota's got an easier schedule early, but a really tough schedule late. Um, which, again, if they stumble in the first part of the season, which they did a season ago, it's not going to get much easier for them the way that it did in 2020 uh, where they went, went from 1-5 and five to 7-9. and nine. So I like the, you know, I, I think the Vikings will be favored, probably should be favored, but I think the value will be all over Chicago should, uh, you know, Green Bay uh, end up moving on from Rodgers. Do you think it would be Jordan Love, or do you think they would legitimately like actually go with Blake Bortles or somebody else, kind of uh, to hold that spot until Love's ready? I guess we won't know until preseason, right? Yeah, I, they they almost have to go with Jordan Love. It's the exact. I mean, the the Ryan discussion, the Ryan and, and Justin Fields discussion. Actually, you know, you can learn quite a bit from the Green Bay thing, where you know when you draft a quarterback in the first round and your incumbent is both a good player. And I think Ryan and, and Rogers are both, they both one MVPs. Um, the, it, it doesn't make as much sense as if your guy is somebody like Alex Smith or Andy Dalton, you know, when, because if the best case scenario happens and the guy has an MVP season, you're stuck where green Bay is. Uh, and, and in the best case scenario, you just wasted a first round pick because he's not going to play forever and you don't get the rookie deal. Whereas, the other, the other scenario is that you have to let an MVP player go just to play a guy on a rookie deal, and that's not a great bet either because as good a bet as rookie deal quarterbacks are, they're not, you know, they're not sure things, as we all know. Um, so, yeah, I think Jordan Love is going to be the one that plays if Rodgers retires or, or gets traded, but uh, that, doesn't mean, uh, that doesn't mean he should be the one that gets to play, I guess. Yeah, Eric, you got a big number on uh, Matt Ryan MVP in your recent trip to Vegas, right? I have a seventy-five to one, and yeah, I it's is it dead now? Which is no, I don't think so. Here's here's my okay. take. I I think the odds that he's going to have a great season have gone down, but I think that the odds that given he has a great season, they'll consider him an MVP have gone up because of the narrative uh, of doing so without Julio um, might be to his benefit. Is there a next big move this off season, or are the big moves done now? Now we're just waiting on camps. I think Rodgers is the last is is the last big one. 
The one that's sneaky, though, and this, this again, contributes to the NFC North and why I'm a big, you know, I'm a fan of the Bears in that division this year. Um, you know, look out for Donnell Hunter. I, I, Donnell Hunter, I think most people believe he's going to be back in Minnesota, um, but he's not health, not happy with his deal. He's not happy with the way that the, the coaching staff talked about his injury last season, called it a tweak, um, you, know, while, you know, while he was trying to recover. Um, if he leaves, Minnesota has no pass rushers on the, on the edge, and, and that could be a problem. It was a problem for him a season ago, uh, and, and that's one where, again, I think a team that wants to make a splash you know, can certainly entice uh, the Vikings, especially if Hunter sours the way that Julio did with Atlanta. Certainly. Eric Eager at PFF underscore Eric of Pro Football Focus. He goes to PFF Forecast Podcast. Thank you as always, Eric. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Always awesome information from Eric Eager. You know, those last couple minutes, it kind of sounds like things are completely up in the air in the NFC North, even though most of us believe Rodgers is going to be there. Uh, but just for this week, there'll be a lot yeah. of drama surrounding that. Yeah, man. Like, now might be the time to buy in on the Bears, right? Because I'm out on the Vikings. I am too. I am too. But are you out on the Packers? But are you out on the Packers? Well, not if Rodgers comes back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, but I understand his angle with the Bears and the yeah. kind of – I kind of like it there. Uh, Joe Strasky, Brian Horvat. this is BetQL Daily. We're going to go to Vegas next. Check in with our friend Chuck Esposito at Station Casinos on the BetQL Audio Network.